The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Sunday, bloody Sunday. As we pick up uh, the pieces, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here this evening. Jason B. Tackafin steps up and in as he does every Sunday night. Uh, what does we talk baseball? Dubsy is going to join us. I want to get a head start on the uh, on the British Open. Uh, Dubsy's going to step up and in and kick it with us. We're going to talk some golf uh, tonight. Mo Khan, Mo Khan, we run the gauntlet with Mo, Mo can talk anything, we run the gauntlet uh, with Mo Khan, TSN Radio, a name that uh, you probably are wondering, well, what about uh, what about Ian Cameron, uh, what about Babano, uh, Babano is a mainstay on uh, Sunday nights, Babano is under the weather, uh, Babano is under the weather, and uh, I would call him out and say, oh, come on, Babano, what's going on here, buddy, uh, but uh, Babano's got COVID, actually. I think this is the second time or third time he's gotten it. I could be wrong. I'm going to actually send him a message. I don't know if he's up, but uh, he's got COVID. And some people have COVID and they can deal with it. You know what I mean? It's there. But uh, he says that his throat is burning. Uh, he says that it really hurts when he talks, uh, Babano. And Babano loves to talk. So he's, he's got to shut this down for a couple of days so he can get his pipes back. So if you're out there, Babano, we wish you the best. Um, so you have a band on not with us tonight, but we do have a full house. A lot of stuff uh, to get to. We went to the CFL game on Saturday night. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the uh, the BC Lions. I usually don't really talk about my personal life uh, too much. Um, I do. I talk about everything in my life, but when it comes to like you know like personal like stuff, like I don't talk about like my dates and stuff like that on the air too much. And with, with people, I have a lot of psychopaths. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I never, uh, I, I don't put pictures up and stuff like that. Because I'm not always alone at these games. Sometimes you'll see me taking pictures and stuff. You think, this guy's always alone. Not always alone. Um, but yesterday was one of those deals, man. It was the first time I ever met, uh, the first time we ever met. I go to a football game. I got a ton of money on the games. Like, the worlds, the worlds were colliding. Uh, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know, this is a good idea. I have all this money on this game. And I was, the only thing that helped was the fact that they got their ass handed them so quickly, I gave up on the game right away. I was like, well, we're not winning this game. <laughs> we're not We're not winning this game. Uh, but as you saw, I took some picks. I went to the casino last night as well. 
And um, we won 200 bucks, but anytime you get money from a casino, that's a good thing, right? Because I know what I brought. That's the whole thing. Like, I'm pretty good at that now. I used to try to be more reckless even after a couple of drinks at casinos and stuff, but I like to know exactly what happened. You know what I mean? I want to know. All right, I went in with this, and I left with that. And I know I put $300 on the table. And um, last night, I played Baccarat. I played Baccarat. I didn't even play. I didn't play Blackjack. I played Baccarat last night. I don't know. I don't know how the hell I got up on, on a Baccarat table, but I ended up on the Baccarat table. You're a player banker. You bet on player banker. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe O'Brien. It's the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 159, a Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack on the program. Jason B. Tackerford will join us, former minor league baseball executive of the year. Uh, we'll talk baseball. All-star game rosters have started. He's got a bold um, bold take and hot take as far as who should actually start uh, the all-star game. All the talk about, well, um, you know, Alcantara has been as great as he has. You look at the year that Tony Gonsolin has had. It's in Dodger Stadium. Uh, um, which means Clayton Kershaw should be the starting pitcher, or should he? We break it down. Jason B. Takafin steps up in it. Our boy Babano normally joins us on Sundays and Wednesdays. Babano was under the weather tonight. Babano was out. Dubsy is in. Uh, former LPGA and PG, PGA caddy, uh, Dubsy. Dubsy's uh, with us before he leaves uh, for uh, for the Live Tour. All kidding aside, uh, he's not going to the Live Tour, but if they offer, he will. <laughs> so, so uh, Dubsy, uh, I want to get it a head start. I know there's golf this weekend and stuff, but we got a major. Uh, I like the majors. Majors are a big deal from betting purposes. And this thing also starts, I was thinking about it, it starts Wednesday night, right? So Cam will be with us on Wednesday night leading right into the Open. But I wanted to get ahead of start on this thing, especially, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going to be happening throughout the week. So it's never too early to get a head start on the Open. we got a golf major. So Jason B. Tack, if it talks baseball, uh, we've got um, we got golf talk. Take a look uh, look ahead here. And we got Mo Khan. We'll run the gala with Mo Khan. Major League Baseball All-Stars uh, rosters have been announced. And I tell you what, things are starting to get pretty, pretty interesting and pretty crazy on the Major League Baseball diamond right now. If you take a look at the standings, things have really, really been shooken up right now. And so much so to the fact that as it is right now, as it is right now, and what's the date? We're July 10th. The Baltimore Orioles are two games out of the playoffs right now. What? The Baltimore Orioles are two games out of a playoff spot right now. They're literally two games back of the wild card. The Toronto Blue Jays in a free fall. The Seattle Mariners sweep the Blue Jays. The Mariners are now in the playoffs. The Blue Jays hanging on, barely. Mo Khan steps up and in. Jason B. Takafin. Dubsy, this is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Let's roll. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. Sirius XM Channel 159, a muddier 1090 ESPN radio. Shout out to Sports Map, Sports Byline, and all our AM radio uh, affiliates. Uh, we got a full house here uh, this evening. Like I said, uh, Dubsy, former LPGA and PGA caddy, is going to join us. He's our Sports Grid Golf uh, Insider, handicapper. We'll talk a little open, get a head start on this thing. Uh, Jason B. Tackafin will join us. We'll talk Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And things are going crazy right now on the Diamond. And let's bring Mo Khan in right now. And actually, we'll talk a little baseball, football, hockey, and more with Mo Khan, TSN Radio. Mo Khan, former wide receiver at Concordia University. Uh, what's going on, Mo? Always a pleasure, my man. How you doing tonight? I'm well, my man. Uh, a crazy weekend in Montreal with the NHL draft. And, and now getting ready for the summer months officially in the city of Montreal with what's going to go on with the sporting world. Yeah, so I lost money on taking Shane Wright uh, to be be selected first <laughs> overall. And in hindsight, I blame myself for this. Like, in hindsight, I should have known that the Canadians would go with the, the flashy Euro guy. You know what I mean? I just, it is what it is. Like, they, in hindsight, I should have known. Uh, but, you know, what, what was your take on this? And at what point did you believe that Slikovsky really was going to be the top pick? Because the betting market... The betting market bought in about a week before the draft, but then yeah. it went back to Shane Wright being the top pick. And it was basically, I don't know, the last couple of hours, basically. You know, basically like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, the money started to pour in, and, and Slikovsky actually became the favorite uh, right, before the, right before it went off the board. At uh, what point did you believe that Slikovsky was going to be the pick, or did it surprise you? I. Uh- it was in four days of the draft. So after we spoke, uh, 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 sorry, after we spoke two weeks ago, uh, Gabe, and then on Tuesday, it just felt like the winds were shifting towards Slokovsky to be the first pick for the Montreal Canadiens. And speaking to a guy that I know in the, in the NHL world, he said that teams already knew the Habs were going to take Slokovsky. And in fact, when teams touched down to Montreal, he ran to a couple of GMs 
And they both said, yeah, well, they're going to take this fallback kid, and that would open up the Pandora's box when the same right would go as he did fall to him before. So definitely it, it created that wind, and I think fans in this city are kind of mixed on this game on how that would play out because many thought it was Shane Wright who will be the first pick because you go back four years ago when he was an underage player in the OHL, people thought he was a franchise guy, and he's been talked about. He's been hyped up for the last four or five years. And when Kovac came to shove and the Habs went in, in a different direction, we all saw the death stare that he gave to the Habs table on them by on them bypassing him at number four. So I think in this situation now for Ken Hughes and for Jeff Gordon, they believe that this guy with his side of 6'4", 230, could be a missing piece on that top line for them. And we'll see what he does this year. I don't expect much from this year, Gabe. But I think overall, the value that he will bring to the team, if they believe that's the projection, he could be a foundation piece for the next 10 years or so. So the Montreal Canadiens, you know, the most storied franchise in hockey history. 24 Stanley Cups. They have a new general manager, Kent Hughes. He's a former agent. So this is his first. This is a big, this is it. I mean, this this is going to define him, essentially. And it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty, I'm not going to say risky, but it was pretty bold in a sense, Mo, that as you stated, Shane Wright was the consensus number one for years. And you've got, like, basically half the fans in the building. The draft was in Montreal, guys, and you got half the fans in the building basically already wearing Shane Wright shirts and stuff. Yeah. Right? Like holding up yeah. Shane Wright signs, Shane Wright custom-made Shane Wright T-shirts, Habs jerseys would write on the back already and stuff. And then you pull the carpet out. It seemed to me going into this that the Canadian fans wanted Shane Wright, yet the Canadian fans love the team so much and they'll criticize the team but they love the team so much that once the pick was in i think that they just sort of accept it you know what i mean they're like well he's one of us now and we're gonna love the guy right like that sort of i think it's sort of like the buffalo bills in, in a sense that whoever they take they're gonna support you know what i mean like so, I, you know, like, so what's the feeling on talk radio and stuff after? Like, I did a I did a Twitter poll after, and I said, did right. they screw up or like, did you like this? <laughs> and it was basically fifty fifty, like fifty percent of the people were like, what the f, man? They they just massively screwed up. And other people were like, nah, this kid's better than Shane Wright. It was kind of split down the middle. What's your feeling on it? What what, what are you hearing for people? You know, Gabe, you're bang on. I think it's more 60-40 that the, that the fans, that the fans uh, of Montreal believe <laughs> that it right. But let's not forget, though, look, Gabe, this team's not going to go anywhere this year. We know that. They're going to be a team that's going to be hopefully competitive in the Montreal market. And I think all eyes are towards 2023 and who the next guy is, Connor Bedard, who may think is the next generational talent in the NHL. And if half fans are okay saying, look, we can stick it up this year and we get a top-end pick or the first overall pick and we get Connor Bedard, I think half fans would be ecstatic through the moon that they found themselves that potential piece. But I think for the present moment right now, I just think that they were just kind of hyped up by the, by the aura, the allure that Shane Wright had coming into this draft. And then out of left field, they go with the Slovak kid, who many people didn't really talk about, even though he did fairly well at the Olympics in, in, in the last year or so for what he did. So I think overall this team, they have a plan in place here. And Ken Hughes, he may not be given the, the lifeline that Mark Bridgman had as GM of the 10 years reign that he had. But I think at the end of the day, though, Ken Hughes has to hit on his picks. And if he hits well on this pick, it definitely opens up that potential that he could be that right guy in the decision-making process for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, I tweeted out after, and it sounded, it kind of looked bold. Or when I said that, or it's a lot of pressure, because I said, well, 
I said, this kid better score 44, 40 goals a year. Right, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like, you, you got to score. Like, okay, 35, fine, all right. Because I got to tell you what, guys, the way I look at this, me, I stand by it. I would have taken Shane Wright, all right? I would have taken Shane Wright. And for the people who would say, oh, well, how come Shane Wright went fourth overall then? Because, look, they, they took a defenseman second. He's not a defenseman. Uh, and Logan Cooley is, is an American kid. He's a perfect fit uh, for, for what Arizona's looking to do and stuff. So I, I get that from the under-18 team. But to me, and another thing is, too, guys, the thing with Shane Wright was he's not going to score 44 goals for it. He's not like, you know what I mean? He's not this explosive offensive player. But I said, I would rather get a guy, Mo, that I know is going to be in the league for 10 to 12 years and score 25 goals a year and play solid two-way hockey, win me face-offs, be a leader, and give me 25 goals a year every year. Then rolling the dice on a kid, man, that, I don't know, why? Because he scored a couple of goals in the Olympics? You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah so you guys are hoping now. Like I said, like, if you're the number one pick, like, I'm not being a jerk and saying, oh, you better score 40 goals a year, kid. You're the number one pick in the draft. You're the number one pick in the draft, and you were taking over a guy that is a rock-solid two-way player. You better freaking score goals, bro. Yeah, and I think I think that, and for those who are not familiar with Shane Wright, the, the comparable that they give him is Patrice Bergeron of Boston Bruins, right? That style of player, two way smart, yes, yes, uh, and and a hockey player that that will may not score ninety five points, but he can get you seventy to eighty per year, which is great from from that level. And I think now for the Habs, and, and Gabe, you know this market very well. They are starving for an alpha. They're starving for a franchise guy. That's uh, the part that I get. No 50-goal score guy since Stefan Richet. What year was that, Mo? I don't yeah, remember. Uh, 89-90. Yeah. Not, no 100-point score for the Canadians since 86. Mass Naslin. Yeah. Mass Naslin, guys. Like, yeah. Like, they're looking. They need a star. I get it. They, they, that's what they were thinking. They were like, you know what? We already got Nick Suzuki, who's kind of like Shane Wright. I think Wright's better than him, but like... Yeah, and then they got Caulfield, and they bring in the Kirby Doc. I guess they're thinking him, too. He's sort of that young player that they're getting as well. I'm not saying the Canes had a bad day. I'm just saying I wouldn't have done the pick. I would have won about it differently. It's a lot different now, Gabe. If, if the Habs are picking four, and and the coffee was up four, and the Habs fans are fine. The value is way more than one. What the hell's going on We'll hit some Major League Baseball and some football on the other side. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sportridge. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late night anger management class, this is Fortridge. I am Renzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Mo Khan, TSN Radio, kicking it with us uh, right now. So, uh, Mo, I opened up the show. I was talking uh, about the um, American League standings uh, right now. And here we are, nearly into uh, mid-July. It's getting real now, guys. I mean, this baseball season to me is flying by. Time goes by fast for me. I ain't Gabriel Renzi. Uh, but time goes by fast for me in life just in general. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's slow. When's football going to be back? I'm like, don't worry. It'll be here soon. All right? Like, uh, time goes by fast. <laughs> so, if you're thinking, all right, in the baseball season, now it's getting real, guys, because you got August and September the last two months. And once it's August, it really starts to count. And it's starting to count now. But it's amazing that the Baltimore Orioles right now, the yep. Baltimore Orioles, guys, are only two games out of a playoff spot. They're two games back of a Toronto Blue Jay team right now, Mo, who just got swept in Seattle. They're 1-9 in their last 10 games, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. And not to make light of anything, and it sucked. Like, you know what I mean? The, like, real world and real tragedy gets in the way. But ever since that day that when their, their first base coach, his daughter passed away. He was told in the middle of the game. The Jays got rattled that day. They were rattled for the rest of the weekend, and the wheels have just fallen off for them right now. They're not getting any pitching. Everybody's hurt. They can't hit. People are starting to call for the manager, um, the manager to be fired right now, which I don't really don't think a managerial change will make any difference. I think it's up to the guys in the room to figure this thing out. What's your take on what's going on with the Blue Jays right now? I think the Jays, you know, coming into the season game, we all believe that they, with this young core of players that they had, that they would see the next step in that tough AL East. And I just think that the expectations, as you said before, things have gone awry with them with the unfortunate passing and, and just the weird ways they've lost games. Because if you remember back in April, they were just banging hits and winning like 10, of, uh, 10 7 type of games to win. And people thought, hey, this could work. This could be it. This could be it. But, but the reality is, Gabe, you know and I know, and all of your loyal listeners know, pitching is what wins you games. And I think now for the Jays, for the way that they are now as you speak, with Baltimore just hovering right behind them, and the fact that Seattle's now in the thick of the wildcard race with, with Boston top up in the top two spots here, that the Jays have to consider perhaps making one trade. They believe that they can go on a run here. And let's not forget, Gabe, last year the Atlanta Braves were dead in the water and made that turn for, for the better in July and got themselves back into the pennant race and won the World Series. If the Jays believe that they're one or two players away, can they make those moves and put themselves in that position to be in that consideration of a wildcard spot with the way the Yankees are, run, are running away with the division as we speak? So right now, if they're going to do it, uh, Gabe, it's got to be now because you know there will be more buyers and sellers than before. People have been critical of the Blue Jays' ownership group in the past. It's a massive te uh, telecommunications uh, giant. 
that they could spend. You know, they're basically the rich. They are. They're the richest team in baseball by definition. The Toronto Blue Jays, guys. The Toronto Blue Jays. But the thing is, there's a they're a publicly traded company, so they have to deal with a board and stuff like that. But they are. They have the most money. Like no, I didn't know Steve Cohen would be like the most individual guy. But this we're talking about like you know the six or seven biggest corporation in the world type thing. Like they're that right. uh, cell phone. Like they're and, and the wire communications, except they're that powerful. But they did spend money coming into this year, right? And and yeah. they did spend money. And even Shapiro and Atkins, the you know the people who run the team, GM president, etc. Guys, normally aren't the type of people that would set expectations high. And they basically said, "We we better win the World Series." Like they were like, "Yeah, like this this is a World Series team." And I think maybe the. They weren't even a playoff team last year, right? So it's not like there's some perennial power or something. They're still figuring out how to win. I wouldn't, this is it. Listen, guys, if you're a Blue Jay fan, I know everyone's panicking. You want to fire Montoya and stuff. Just ride this out through the All-Star break. They're still in the playoffs right now. They, they're very, the Jays are capable of going like eight and eight and two or something over a 10 game span and swinging this thing back again right now. But, there has to be a cause for concern. Like, you know, we were talking about the term toxic positivity uh, last week. This, they, they need to stop the bleeding before the All-Star break. They can't just, like, keep sliding. They're going to have to put this fire out this week. They, they will have to, but after the All-Star break, Gabe, their schedule's not easy. They, they, they go to Boston at the, way, uh, at the end of July. They get Baltimore in two series before mid-August. Uh, it arrives, and the Yankees included. This is not going to be easy for them, Gabe. And they got to figure it out where can they get better pitching value? Can they get better hitting value from what they have so far or the lack of? And I think now for Atkins and for Shapiro, they got to figure it out right now. Are we all in? Are we going to be like this for now? Or do we wait till next year and maybe go all in? And you're, you're right, Gabe. They spent a lot of money in the offseason. But right now, the return value has not been there so far this season. I'm almost feeling it's sort of like college football, guys. You know, and they call it the separation Saturday. You know what I mean? It's almost like we're at that point now where, you know, like you get to these, you get to this this time of the year right now, and these teams go on a run, and it defines the rest of the chase. You know, a great, a great example is, look, basically, guys, it was two weeks ago, people were talking about the Dodgers this, the Dodgers that, and oh, my God, and, and all this other stuff, and San Diego was right there. They're up by eight right now. Like the Dodgers essentially have just, you know, slammed the door shut on everybody in this division over the last week and a half as the Dodgers are rolling right now. And you talked about you talked about the Braves. You know, Braves play great baseball. This is what they did. This is what they did last year. And people forget too. I mean, don't forget two years ago, guys, the Braves were up three one on the Dodgers in the championship series. The Braves have actually been a perennial power. Like we were just talking about the Jays aren't. The Braves have been. Like, you know, the Braves are right there with the Dodgers, but they don't get talked about in, in, in the same way. But here, here we go right now. The Braves comfortably in a wild card spot trying to track down the Mets. San Diego is up uh, two and a half games. Philadelphia, which is somewhat of a surprise, isn't it, Mo? The Philadelphia, after they fired Girardi with all the injuries that they have, if the playoffs started today, the Phillies are in. Cards are a game back, and the Giants are two games back uh, as well. Yeah, and, and the Phillies have done it with timely hitting in, in late parts of the ball games that they've had. Like, the way they've done it in the last two weeks, Gabe, since the, since the injury that they had to Bryce Harper, they've been playing better ball of late. And I think now for them, you have to look at it this way. I've counted maybe six to seven teams who are out of the pennant race or wildcard race that could be sellers. 
That's not enough right now. So, so, the, so the price point for these teams here, whether you're the Braves, whether maybe L.A. gets involved for a trade, or even the New York Nets, you might say, look, we need some reinforcements. That's going to be a, a high price to pay if you're going to go out there and acquire an extra arm or extra bat to work with that, that will be of help for you going towards September, if not October baseball. Uh, the Mets, you're right. Listen, the Mets are having a great year. And, you know, what? one of the reasons when they had the, the lockout and all this, the a lot of the owners are scared of the owner of the Mets. Because, like I said, the Blue Jays are a publicly traded company, so they're not going to get crazy, crazy. The Mets could. Like, Steve Cohen could basically buy, like, five other teams if he wanted to, Mo. You know what I mean? Like, he has enough money. Yeah. He could buy out the, the division, like, type thing. <laughs> like, he really has a lot of money, this guy. And, like, during the lockout, he sarcastically told the other owners that, listen, like, do you want me to sign a check for you guys, like, since you're crying so much? Like, he, he wanted to play ball. He was like, what are we waiting for? Let's play baseball here. What, what do you guys want? You want and, and basically, they were all, you know, they were like, we're worried about you and the Dodgers and, you know, try to take things over, essentially. He hasn't yet, really. I mean, he threw some money at Scherzer. But as you stated, he's, he's going to be in the mix here. He's going to be in the mix here right now. And speaking of in the mix, it's a team it's hard not to pull for them, though. They, nobody ever talks about them. They're in the Pacific Northwest. They're, they're not on national television ever. And it's hard to believe but they have the longest drought in professional sports of all the major sports nhl nba nfl mlb the seattle mariners it's insane isn't it every team in every league is made a playoff appearance except the seattle mariners and their last appearance is when they won 115 games, 117, whatever it was, right, and got bounced in the, in the opening round of the playoffs. Consistently been on a, on an abyss of hell of not being able to be relevant in the Northwest. And it's a good story for baseball, Gabe, because we talk about West Coast baseball. We know the LA Dodgers are must-see TV, right? But the but the Anaheim Angels or LA Angels of Anaheim have been awful the last four or five years. It's not as enjoyable, and, and the San Diego Padres have underachieved my value of watching baseball. I think for the for, for Seattle Mariners, beg your pardon, they could be a team that will be must-see TV. In fact, they'll have a few more games on Peacock TV on NBC uh, moving towards the, the July to August months here. So I think this is going to be fun to watch the Mariners be in that position. But uh, now for them, are they going to? that predicament are they going to be buyers and believing that they can get that one last kick of the can at maybe gain a wild card spot or they keep with what they have and and stay, stay the course for what they want to build upon for this manners franchise that's a good question and we'll talk about this with jason b tackafit a little bit later on we'll talk more baseball with the former general manager um we, we as, as we've discussed guys the seattle mariners the longest drought in pro sports without making a playoff appearance if you guys remember last year it was around this time though right remember so seattle were going on a run they were kind of surprising people and and they there was all this excitement about bringing guys in, and they ended up trading uh, Graveman, if you remember. So they traded right. Graveman, and Graveman was a very popular guy, like in the clubhouse. Right. I think. Like, yeah, Graveman. Look, you didn't see it coming. He's like, yeah, he didn't want to go. He even said, like, whoa, 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 I don't want to go. Like, I didn't have to get traded. Like, I want to be part of this. He broke down in tears, and guys were mad, mad, like on the team, and they publicly ripped the owner. They're like, you know, we're busting our balls. We're trying to get in here. And instead of helping us, you make it worse. And, like, they were mad. And then this offseason, they spent money. So I, I think it's a good question you, uh, you just asked, Mo. And I think the answer is I think they'll be aggressive. I don't think, I don't think you can get away with it in that market. They've got to be aggressive. Mo, Mo on the other side, bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This lady says I'm an artist. You? An artist? Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee. Let's roll. This is Fortress. I am Gable Branson, the Pimps, the Pirates, the Hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Mo Khan kicking it with us. Uh, Mo Countdown to uh, NFL football is on. Preseason uh, right around the corner right now. The Hall of Fame game rapidly approaching. You and I want to get in some CFL football as well, but the Baker Mayfield story is finally um, has finally concluded in Seatown as uh, the Browns send Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Carolina Panthers, what's your take on Baker Mayfield with the Carolina Panthers? Well, the Panthers don't have much to work with, Gabe, and we know Matt Rule's under the hot seat this year, given that, again, they've gone through a rotation of, of quarterbacks in the last two or three years with him as the head coach. And David Tepper, the owner of this franchise, he wants a winner. He wants an instant impact player. And I just don't know how Baker Mayfield would fit that scheme because, again, you draft a Matt Corral. Uh, and, and you have to look at him. You have to see, is he the guy for you? And you have Sam Darnold still hovering in, in, in that Panther uh, facility. So right now, that quarterback position is still a mess in Carolina. And for Christian McCaffrey, how healthy will he be? Because if he's healthy, that can alleviate the pressure off of whoever the quarterback is for that franchise. But for Baker Mayfield now, he gets his chance to be the number one guy and prove his worth. And let's not forget, Gabe, week one, who's Carolina play? The Cleveland Browns. So you know he wants that job come week one. And if he does have a great season, it could parlay from to have that long-term deal from maybe Carolina or a different team. I'm, we'll look for a quarterback next spring. Uh, it is amazing, isn't it, though, how the Cleveland Browns and – you know, I get it as far as Baker is concerned, yet have a little bit of act like you've been there before Cleveland, right? Like the constant piling on, right? Well, we were looking for an adult at the quarterback position. Well, your adult is going to be suspended most likely for a year or two, so good for you. Um, and now that it just keeps coming out that the, uh, the Baker Mayfield was viewed as childish and immature by the Browns for his behavior. 
Like, like at what, like childish and immature, I don't know, childish and immature to give a quarterback $250 million guaranteed uh, when you don't even know if he's going to be able to freaking play. Like, it's just like Cleveland, like Stefanski acting. Like, these guys act, bro, like they're Super Bowl champions or something like that and not like they're the Cleveland Browns, right? They won a playoff game with Baker Mayfield. Like, I'm not, I'm not Baker Mayfield's biggest fan, per se, but at the same point in time, I think the, the over-the-top criticism and bashing is a little bit too much. Yeah, and he runs his mouth a lot. And that was one of, the good, that's one of the good things about him. It's one of the bad things about him. It drives him, and it goes both ways. But Baker played injured for these guys. He did win a playoff game. And let's be real, Mo, if you look back last year, like the Browns' defense got torched often. I mean, we can yeah. go over their games here. I mean, it's off the top of my head. I can think of a lot of games that the Browns lost. Look like at the Charger game. Um, what was the what, the Packers? The they're going up. Yeah, they're going up and down the field and scoring points. And the play calling sucked for Cleveland. Like I was, like I swear to God, I really believe this. That Stefanski made Baker look bad on purpose, and Baker believed this as well. And I said it at the time, Mo, because honestly, Mo, like. How many times did you see Nick Chubb would pick up like 48 yards on four carries type thing, right? They would they would run the ball down the field easily, and then they would they wouldn't give it to him. Like so, and then they blame Baker Mayfield after it was bad play calling. Like you guys have Hunt and you have Chubb, and you don't use them, and then you you were like you would in, you know you would make Baker throw the ball in, in in these weird situations. And I thought I was like, are you trying to make him look bad and fail? I think he was because he wanted to get rid of him. But I just think it's classless that they keep on ripping him, even though he's already gone. He's gone, guys. Get over it. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, Gabe, that Baker Mayfield had four different OCs during his time in Cleveland. And you remember the Hard Knocks uh, season yeah. when they, they had Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens and Todd Healy? Like, it was a dysfunction. It, it was a toxic dysfunction with that franchise. And, and he went through so many OCs, and you're right, he played bang, banged up. He played with the heart of a line that he wanted to prove that he can be tough in that market, but it backfired for him. He, he gambled on himself, and it backfired on him that he lost his value as a quarterback in the NFL. And now for the Cleveland Browns, for this team, and by the way, when you look at Nick Chubb, when he ran for 90-plus yards for the Browns last year, they were actually 5-1 and one in those games. And, and for whatever reason, I know he got banged up at times here, but for whatever reason, though, you're right, though. They deferred to Baker Mayfield as being the scapegoat, saying, well, he bleaked up, he messed up against the Packers, he messed up against so-and-so and whatever it was. But at the end of the day, though, the play calling was not that great, and the hype bestowed on the Cleveland Browns after they beat Pittsburgh in the playoff win a couple years ago, it was over the top here, and Jimmy Haslam, this franchise owner, just like David Tepper, he wants an instant winner, and he won it out this year, Gabe. If they end up being 7-10 and 10 or 6-11, and 11, that he might clean house once again and start from scratch because of what the PR has been for this team, which has been a negative microscope for them since they acquired Deshaun Watson during the spring months. All right, guys, so I'm just looking here. So this is, this is the Browns last year. Um... This is the Browns last year in somebody's games. Actually, you know, it's funny, too, Mo, because I'm looking here. All right, they got routed in the first game of the year against the Ravens last year. After that, though, they the Browns beat the Bengals 35-30, so they put up 35 points. They beat the Commanders 34-20. They put up 34 points. They beat the Cowboys 49-38. Uh, they beat the Colts 32-23. They got routed by the Steelers. Um, they beat the Bengals again, 37-34. All right, they lost to the Raiders, 16-6. That was a bad weather game, if you recall. Uh, 
uh, it was 10-7, 10-7 with, with the Texans. Like, like I said, like it's it it's, it really is amazing. Like when you look at the scores of these guys uh, over the years with Baker Mayfield and and the results. It's just crazy. Like like I said, if you don't like him, you don't like him, fine. But don't act like he wasn't a good quarterback for you guys and like he was holding you guys back somehow. That's the thing that just bothers me about Cleveland. Yeah, and the thing now for the Browns, and I wonder for Andrew Barry, the GM of this team, um, can he hold serving and keep this team's direction going in a positive environment? Because on paper, Gabe, we think about it right now, minus the Deshaun Watson distraction, if he's able to play this year, they have a pretty decent team. Their O line is one of the better O lines in the NFL. They have a good depth at the running back position. The receiving core with Amari Cooper there, provided he has Deshaun thrown in the football, it could be a solid uh, attacking front as well. And their defense is oh, on paper. Themselves. On paper, Mo, they're a top five team in the NFL. So, uh, like, maybe maybe we should be looking at Stefanski instead of the quarterback right now. To be honest, yeah. No, for sure. And, and the thing is, now for Andrew Barry, right? He, he's got to pray that this Browns team gets off to a flyer. And, 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 you know, whether Deshaun gets a year or 10 games, whatever it might be, that it alleviates the questions on Stefanski and on this team that, hey, you know, when does Deshaun come back to the team? If he's not ready to go, who's that guy that's going to take, the, take that role for the X amount of games that he might be unavailable for? So, again, there's this great concept hovering over this Browns franchise, but they've just been jinxed and jinxed and jinxed for so many years that who knows how they'll be able to react to what they've gone through because now you're in the prime years of Miles Garrett, Amari Cooper, and some other guys like Nick Chubb included. You don't want to waste those years and say, what if, because we had a chance to go far. And look, down the road in Ohio, what happened with the Bengals, right? They're cashing in, and they got to the Super Bowl. The Browns aspire to be like that. Can they get to that level? We'll have to find out this year, Gabe. No win total up right now for the Cleveland Browns, but there is for the Carolina Panthers, six and a half uh, for the Panthers. That's what it was before the Baker Mayfield uh, move. Uh, six and a half. And, and people say, is he better than Sam Darnold? I think he is. I think he just plays a little bit more edge and fire uh, than, than Sam does. Uh, but they kind of have a mediocre quarterback uh, competition and quarterback room. You look at the Chicago Bears. Their win total is six and a half. And some people talked about Carolina maybe being, you know, how oh, they're not going to be very good, etc. But I think if you look like who's the worst team in the league going to be, Mo, I think the Chicago Bears have to be in this conversation. Right now, I do believe with Urban Meyer not in Jacksonville that it's just it's uh, addition through subtraction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so to speak, that you have a quality coach there now, and you know that it's, it'll they'll just be more. It'll be more of a professional run operation. I think the Chicago Bears are are probably in line to be the worst team in the NFL. And guys, their win total is six and a half. I'm not sure where these seven wins are coming from, man. Like, how are they going to win seven games? Yeah, and, and they open up with Saffron at Green Bay. You're only two right there, Gabe, before you get Houston at home. But, but the thing is, I, I feel for Justin Fields because, you know, with that, Ibafus as the head coach, it's a new regime. They're trying to go from scratch. But let's not forget, though, if they can protect Justin Fields and give him the confidence because you don't want to wreck his confidence going to year two. The Bears will have, I think, about $120 million of cap space to work with next off season. So they will be players in the market through trade, through free agency to get themselves better. But you're right, Gabe. I, I cannot see them getting anywhere close to six wins. This probably is a team that will win three, if not four games. I think Bear fans will be okay with that, provided that they can build around Justin Fields as their franchise quarterback if he's the guy for them for the next decade or so. 
Well, it seems like the, he's he's going to be running for his life this year. He doesn't exactly have a lot of stuff to work with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's the Bears' plan? Like, you know what I mean? What, what's, what, what is their plan? And can they be trusted even if they have the pick, right? Like, you know, can they be trusted even if they have the pick? Because, okay, let's say you're the Bears and, you, you know, you're terrible and you get the first pick of the draft. Well, you're not taking a quarterback. You know what I mean? And none of these wide receivers are anything. So. It, is a, it is a deep quarterback class, though, next year. So if the Bears end up with a top pick and they feel feel to their guys, they can flip that first pick and get themselves more picks to work with and build around Justin Fields. Uh, if yeah, but then, yeah, but then they – that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I don't know if they, they would do that, but – and the thing is, let's just say, oh, they they got a new quarterback. Then what? So then he just gets killed instead of Justin Fields. Like I said, the Bears to me, they 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 seem to be on track to be the worst team in the NFL. Win total six and a half at FanDuel right now. It's minus one twenty-five to the under. Over six and a half is plus one oh five. And then what do you think is going to happen with the Bengals? The Bengals, their win total is nine and a half. There's always that Super Bowl loser hangover after, right, that people always talk about. Yet the Bengals are a younger team, so it's a little bit different of a scenario. But at the same point in time, we've seen, just for whatever reason, teams either fade away, they lose people, um, they get injured. And another thing is you need a lot of luck. You need things to go your way to make it to a Super Bowl. And it's hard to be lucky two years in a row as well. But what about the Bengals? Because I think they're going to be right there again. I don't see them falling off the face of the earth just because they lost the Super Bowl. What's your take on the Bengals? I think the Bengals will be competitive. Their schedule's brutal, Gary. If you think about the top and bottom end, they open up with Pittsburgh and Dallas, but then they end off here at with, with the home game against Buffalo, then home to Baltimore. Uh, they like The O-line has been improved right through the free agent acquisitions to help protect Joe Burrow as a quarterback. But what I want to see now for them is that, look, they lost their tight end to the Jets through free agency. So now the focus is on that Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase duo and how they can be uh, perhaps the one-two puncher, but I'm curious to know how their defense will be because, again, this is a team that didn't come up with a big play in the Super Bowl with that defense, so can they improve on that front here because otherwise, Gabe, that schedule is not going to be easy for them. Uh, nine and a half, I think, could be a push for them. I think they're going to hover at between seven to ten wins, but they're going to have to have some bounces go their way, and they did so last year, but could that carry over for them this year, and knowing very well that this team's not going to surprise anyone as he did during the playoffs last uh, last winter. Cincinnati Bengal win total is nine and a half. I know listen, we got about three minutes on the other side. I was going to get Mo out of here right now, but we didn't even get to uh, to the Alouettes coaching chain, CFL, just a quick CFL update. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Man, I'm telling you, not only are the Bombers the best team in the CFL, they're one of the best teams in CFL history. I'm literally and figuratively more on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Three-minute warning, level one, quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. This is Sportridge. I am Renzi. All right, Mo Khan with us just for a couple more moments. And uh, first game up this week in the CFL. Hard to believe that we're already in the week six, talking about time going by quickly. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes host the Edmonton Elks, uh, one and four and one and three. Montreal made the coaching uh, change. Uh, Kahari Jones was uh, let go. Danny Machocha, team general manager and president, takes over on the sidelines. How do you think the football team reacted to this, Mo? Gabe. Well, we spoke about it before in the springtime that Kahari Jones was in the hot seat and it became uh, to life because he couldn't turn over things in the proper way. I think now for, for Danny Machocha, he's giving Anthony Calvillo the play calling duties. I think they want to see more of an offensive attack with the aerial passing threat here. So I'll be curious to see how they go early on because, again, with no real stand back in line until October, can they establish a running game? If they can, this might put more onus on Trevor Harris to throw the ball uh, more than he desires as our quarterback for the Alouettes. One thing that I noticed with the Alouettes, and I like Kahari, but I think that there was a change that needed to be made. You know, the quarterback carousel going back and forth is, you know, this is something that's going to have to be, decisions going to have to be made here. I would go with Vernon Adams personally, and I think they're actually leading with Trevor Harris uh, this week, right? But, yeah. and the, yeah, the lack of discipline, Mo, with the football team was a problem. It just was. And it, you know, it was a common theme, the penalties, the lack, just the dumb plays all the time, hitting people after the play. And at some point, you know, it's, you got to look at a coach because, you know, like, you know, it, it, you can't, you can't cut every player on the team, but if the, the coach can't control the players, then you're going to have a problem uh, here, but they get the Elks. I tell you what, big game on Friday, Calgary and Winnipeg. Winnipeg's a good football team, though, man. They're a damn good team. Yeah, they gave him Mike Tyson knockout punch in the opening kickoff against DC when they feel thought DC was a better team than Winnipeg. And they do it in many different shapes and forms, but the Bombers are the best team right now going forward. Listen, BC are good, but they shouldn't have been favored over Winnipeg, and Winnipeg you know, didn't like that. Mo Khan, excellent stuff as always, Mo. Thanks for the time, my man. I'm going to do Be good, brother. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.